0: everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. You just got me this week, and I want to talk to you today about the ways personal development may not be helping you. First of all, I want to say that I love personal development. Obviously, it's my work. It's my passion. The whole self-help, psychological, spirituality world has been my mission for years. Not only have I been coaching people for over 17 years, but I've been a client and a student for much longer than that. I started therapy around 12 years old, or maybe even younger, I can't even remember, and have just devoured everything personal development I could get my hands on. And I think it's so helpful. And I love that right now at this time in the world, we have access to so much information when it comes to our healing and growth. It's unbelievable, even maybe overwhelming at times. And that's amazing. So just want to say that right off the bat. Like it's a great industry. I love being a part of it. I know it's helped you a lot. And while I love the industry that brings so much self-awareness and tools and therapies and modality to people, I have also seen how sometimes it cannot be helpful, potentially even harmful to people, maybe even you. So if you've ever felt misled, confused, like you're not doing it right, or even traumatized by anything related to personal development, from therapy to plant medicine, to all the things that are out there, I hope this episode brings you some comfort. And if you haven't been, well, then I hope this episode provides some sisterly cautionary advice as you continue on your journey. Like I said, I am not here to bash the industry that has provided me with a job and a lifestyle that I love, but rather just provide you some information so you can make sure you get the very, very best experience with your growth, healing, and evolution journey. I've seen a lot over the years as both a practitioner and a client And I've learned some big lessons from going down some personal development tracks that didn't lead me to the best place. And I've made mistakes too as a coach. There's some things that I've done along the way that I had to learn from. And some of the things I'm going to mention right now are even things that I've done or encouraged, but I've learned and won't do them again, or at least will try my best. And as with any information I provide you ever, 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 really any information anyone provides you. Treat it like a buffet. Put what resonates and feels really good. It feels true to you on your plate and leave the rest behind. Before we dive in, I want to mention Organifi. You've heard me talk about Organifi before. They are my favorite superfood company. I love all their products, especially their Organifi Green, their Organifi Red that I take with me when I'm traveling, put in my water bottle, shake it up. I get my greens. I get my antioxidants. I get all my organic superfood nutritions in a yummy, yummy, easy way. I love their turmeric gold. It really helps with inflammation and it's just a treat. And they have so many other awesome products. And if you go to... Organifi.com slash over it, you get 20% off your entire order. Breeze through their catalog. They have all kinds of delicious, nutritious, life enhancing stuff. Again, go to organifi.com slash over it. That's O R G A N I F I.com slash over it. Fill your card up and get 20% off your entire order. All right, so let's dive in. Point number one that I want to make is no one knows better for you than you. This goes back to the metaphor I gave about the buffet, right? Put what resonates on your plate, leave the rest behind. Yes, we have guides, trained professionals, even astrologers and people with intuitive gifts that can really offer us incredible insight and advice. However, if something feels off to you, it's probably off. One thing that's so important to know about yourself is when someone tells you something that's true, but you have some resistance. You're like, oh gosh. I know I need to have better boundaries with my mom, but it's just so hard. Like if a therapist or someone is telling you, you know, better boundaries with your mom are necessary and you like don't want to do it, but deep down it feels true, it feels right, even though there's resistance. That's much different than someone telling you something and being like, well, that just that just doesn't feel true. I remember a few years ago, I had a session with a psychic who a friend gifted me a session with her. She was a medical intuitive psychic, and she said, You have an autoimmune disease. You have an anxiety disorder. You should probably go on anxiety medications for two months to reel it down. You need to handle your autoimmune disorder. And I wasn't having any of those symptoms. Like I wasn't sure I have some anxiety and had more then because I was on the supplement regime that wasn't right for me. And But I I was just like, what? No, that doesn't feel true. She's like, yes, it's true. You need to do this. And it was just like a huge no in my body. And of course, there was that moment I wrestled with it because it's like, wow, this woman, you know, is supposedly psychic, has these great gifts, really helped my friends. But it was a no for me. So again, no one knows better for you than you. If you're with any practitioner, anyone, never put them on a pedestal, right? They're a guide. They're they're not above you. They may be a little ahead of, ahead of you on the path but you are your own guru. You are always your best guide. And especially if you're an HSP, a highly sensitive person, you have to be even more careful with practitioners because sometimes you can sort of absorb their energy. And if you're a people pleaser too, you might have a hard time saying no to something a coach or someone else offers you, even though it's a no for you. And you may agree to a challenge or a stretch or something that the coach gives you that may be like really out of alignment for you. I remember one former client of mine was seen, I can't remember if it was a coach or therapist before me. And I think it was a coach. The coach challenged her to break up with her boyfriend by that Friday. And even though it was probably in her best interest to break up with her boyfriend, that's a big decision. And to give someone that challenge to do it by a certain date, it just... Something about that just feels off. You can feel it when I talk about it. So no one knows better for you than you. Don't let anyone convince you of anything that doesn't feel right to you. Second thing I want to talk about, there's no there, there's no guarantees, and there's no quick fixes. I see so many programs promising to solve a big problem. Like this one course is going to take away all your anxiety or all your heartbreak. And if you just follow the steps, you'll be healed forever. (laughs) I admit I make promises in the courses that I market, but I'm careful not to say this is all you have to do ever, 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 ever. And this is never going to come up again because we're constantly healing and growing. So run from anything that promises a quick fix because there isn't a quick fix. And, you know, I shouldn't make absolute statements. Maybe some things are healed overnight or shift overnight. I don't want to rule that out. However, Usually, there is a growth journey. And I see so many people disappointed. They invest in something thinking that it's going to be the be all and end all. And then what happens is they beat themselves up because they didn't totally heal the situation. Again, we are constantly learning and growing. Some issues do disappear and reach a point of healing where they really aren't an issue anymore. And others take time, maybe even a lifetime. I know so many of you have so much awareness and then you beat yourself up because you think you quote unquote should know better. You should be over this. I've spent so much time in therapy. I've done so many programs. I've done so, many work, so much work on this and it's still bothering me. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. You have made progress. You are growing. There is no there. As long as you're still alive, (laughs) breathing and listening to this podcast, you are still an evolving human being. So please be gentler on yourself. I think that so much of the motivation and personal growth industry shames people if they aren't changing quickly. You know, if you still haven't set those boundaries or you still haven't started that career, you still haven't lost the weight. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get off your butt and just do it. And if only it was that easy, right? There's so many things we have to overcome from our own trauma, to the parts of us that we think are sabotaging us, but are really protecting us, to obligations, to our personality, to our unique karma on this planet. So please be gentler on yourself. Third thing, the whole promise that you can have what I have. If I can do it, you can do it. This is one of the things that just makes my stomach crawl. When I see influencers post on Instagram, here's my life, here's my mess to message story. And if I can do it, you can do it. <sighs> so that whole promise of you can have this too, if you just buy my course. <laughs> now I'm all for inspiration. I believe that every human being has infinite potential for their personal evolution, and we are, but we are all on different paths. Like even in our Be the Queen program, I, in my heart, know that every single person, that's our program for women drawing in men, Deserves love and can have epic love. But I can't promise when that's going to happen. And I can't promise that it's going to happen with another human being. It may be that they find them beloved within themselves. So we come in with different soul lessons and different karma and different ways we learn and grow. This kind of, if I can do it, you can do it. Sure, it's motivational to a point and it's inspirational to a point. But again, we're back to shame. I see people suffer from so much shame because they try to be like so and so and realize that maybe they really can't do the exact same thing and have the exact same life for reasons that have nothing to do with their mindset or effort. Fourth thing, the whole you 100% create your own reality. Now I'm torn on this one. Because I do believe our thoughts and emotions and choices impact our life. Our outer experience is a reflection of our inner reality, but to say that we have 100% control over everything can put us in too much of a controlling pattern, or we can feel like a complete loser and blame ourselves if stuff happens that is definitely not what we want. For instance, I was talking to a client today and she was talking about how her neighbor moved out. She was really nervous about a new neighbor that was going to be noisy moving in. And lo and behold, the new neighbor is noisier. And she's like, I attracted it. I manifested it. Maybe not. Maybe it just happened. Or maybe you being concerned that a new neighbor that was noisy was moving in was your intuition. But this whole we create everything, it's empowering to a degree, but it also can be shaming. Again, shame. Because we're like, oh my gosh, it's all me. it's, It's all my fault. I keep attracting these awful things. Where I get to with this whole thing is that we are co-creators. And yes, we have massive influence on our life. And then some things just happen. They just happen. For instance, we have a cardinal that likes to hang out in the trees in front of our living room windows. And for months, this cardinal sees his reflection and bangs incessantly on our windows. Now it's annoying, but I'm also a little worried about the bird, like not healthy. Am I attracting that? Did I manifest it? Is it like some sign? (laughs) Or is it just a bird in mating season being territorial and seeing his reflection and it just happens to be in my living room? You know, we can really maybe take everything too seriously at times. So if something has happened in your life and you're going, oh my gosh, I manifested it, it's my fault, and you're feeling awful about it, I encourage you to forgive yourself for buying into the belief that it's 100% your fault, that you 100% manifested it. Maybe this thing. Just needed to happen. It just, there's no explanation for it. It just needed to happen. And the best you can do is learn from it. Number five, working with people or programs that are not the right fit or unqualified practitioners. So I'm a big advocate of healing work, be it therapy or Reiki or hypnosis or past life regression or EMDR or somatic experiencing, you name it, I've probably done it. But in order for anything to be effective, you have to feel safe. You have to use the right modality for you and the right most aligned practitioner for you. For example, talk therapy is wonderful and a great place to start. And if you've had a lot of trauma, you could end up just looping in traditional talk therapy, just talking about it and never truly releasing it from your body through something like somatic experience or trauma-informed or parts work. So we want to make sure that we're in the most aligned modality for where we are in our life, for our nervous system, for our personality, there's no one size fits all approach. Somebody could do something, your friend could do something that really, really worked for her, but it doesn't work for you. And this next part is a bit touchy, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. So a lot of practitioners haven't done their own work. I'm not saying you have to be perfect to help others, but it does require doing enough internal work so you're not triggered in a session and projecting your experience onto the client so you can truly be a neutral channel of compassion and information. So if you're working with anybody, whether it's one-on-one or you're following someone in a course and they tend to be maybe too opinionated about what you should do or how you should be instead of guiding you to your own answers, that can sometimes be a red flag. Next rather controversial touchy subject, plant medicine. So for those of you who don't know what I mean by this, I'm speaking about any kind of psychedelic experience from MDMA to mushrooms, to LSD, to ayahuasca, peyote, boga, the list goes on and on. My concern with plant medicine is that it's become quite trendy and there's not enough qualified people really holding the space and making sure it's pure sacred medicine. And that can lead to a lot of disruption. So I've unfortunately heard many not so great stories about people that have done a psychedelic medicine, plant medicine in a circle or group of people where the container wasn't sacred, like it wasn't really a safe space or the facilitator and practitioner really wasn't qualified and well-trained both on the medicine and how to deal with what comes up in the medicine and how to deal with someone's psyche when it's in an altered state. I mean, there's so many layers that go into this kind of experience. It also requires a lot of integration. So many people go and do plant medicine and then they, they don't integrate. It's like a wound that's just ripped white, right open and you need qualified, thorough slow integration work to integrate everything that, that psychedelics and plant medicine can bring up. Also, if you haven't worked with your trauma, if you haven't gone to some dark places inside yourself, these kinds of experiences can be, and I'm just going to say it, rather dangerous. Unless you're working with a very, very qualified Medical professional who really gets the medicine and can really hold space and really knows how to deal with the trauma, I highly recommend doing trauma work in a conscious, not mind altered state. Seventh thing the guru. (laughs) So, this comes back to trusting yourself and not putting anyone on a pedestal. People can be mentors and guides, but not your guru. Now, in some traditions, having a guru you worship is part of the spiritual path. So that's more of a devotional practice. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the westernized guruship I see out there, the personal development celebrities. So, yes, mentors, people you aspire to be like, people that you look up to, but no one's ever better than you. No one is ever more attuned to what you should do than you. And you are your own guru. I, I can't say that enough. It comes back to trusting yourself. And sometimes what I've seen is, you know, a lot of personal development people have become rather famous, and because they have that fame, they get credibility too. And I've seen people just blindly trust some personal growth celebrities. Rather than going, okay, this is this is still a human being. Yes, they've done great work and yes, I have great insight, but I'm gonna keep coming back to myself. I'm not just gonna blindly follow or trust somebody else. And finally, personal development can become an obsession or an addiction. We wanna make sure that we have balance in our life. We don't always wanna be this self-improvement project. It's really following the flow of your life. There'll be some times when doing the personal development work diving in, working with someone is really appropriate given what's going on. And there'll be other times when just living your life is important. When not looking at everything as a trigger, everything as a process. Everything is like, what am I doing? Okay. I'm not in a workshop. I don't have a coach. I need to, you know, I need to always be growing true. We, we are always growing. It's just, it's just natural. And so you want to give yourself spaces where you're not doing deep dives where you're not consuming more personal growth information, where you're just living and letting it integrate. Because sometimes the work of personal development can become this addiction and obsession that keeps you from living. If you're always working on yourself, you can subtly kind of run a belief that there's something wrong with you. If you're always in that space of there's something else I need to fix, you're not broken. There's not something else you need to fix. So yes, consume your personal development, grow all that stuff, but let it integrate. Take some space. Let yourself just be, let yourself just live. Be a freaking human. We aren't perfect. (laughs) We do make mistakes. We, even as much as we try to be conscious, we are unconscious at times. So don't let this work become your obsession or your addiction. Let it be something that adds to your life, that adds value, that enhances, that is this place that you can go to for learning, for growth, for comfort, for safety, but then you can come back out of it into your life. That's the way you want to flow through it. I hope this was helpful to you. And I'm curious if I've left anything out. I'm curious, what are some ways you've been confused by personal development and self-help? What are some ways you've been led astray? I think it's really important to have this conversation. Because like I said in the beginning, as much as I love it, but like with anything, there's there's light and dark, There's we all have our shadow sides, we all have our blind spots, and there's gonna be blind spots to an industry. There's gonna be shadow sides to an industry. And how do we deal with that? Well, we bring it into the light. We talk about it, we look at it, we see what we can learn, and we just keep moving forward. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you so much. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time.